Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. This is probably my favorite Buffy episode of the whole series. And Jay Newcastle. I mean, seriously. Okay, I got real problems. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 1, Buffy vs. Dracula, written by Marty, I got you Prince of Darkness right here, Noxon. While on a routine staking in the graveyard, Buffy meets the most famous vampire of all time, freaking Dracula, who has come to Sunnydale intent on turning the Slayer over to the dark side. While the gang researches the Dark Prince, Giles confides in Willow that he is seriously contemplating returning to England as he feels Buffy no longer needs his help. Buffy is called by Dracula into the night, and he bites her, putting her under his powerful thrall, which makes Riley very jealous. Xander even becomes the Dark Master's emissary and leads his friends into peril. While Riley and Giles try to make their way to Buffy and Dracula's residence, the vampire attempts to sway Buffy over to the dark side by repeating lines from Restless about Buffy learning what is to come. However, the good in our Slayer allows her to break his thrall, and after a brief fight, she stakes Dracula twice, though he appears to be able to reappear via dark smoke and finally gives up on Buffy. Xander declares he's done being the, quote, butt monkey, end quote, and Buffy tells Giles that she needs him now more than ever, thus he never tells Buffy about his plans to leave. And in a final coda, Buffy walks into her room, preparing to leave on a date with Riley, and sees a young girl going through her stuff, and when she calls her out on it, Buffy's mom says from another room, hey, take your sister out with you what and that is the plot summary what? for buffy yeah for buffy versus dracula yeah, so needless to say there's a whole lot that goes on in this one man uh yeah so recollection was jay that this episode was pretty uh lame Oh, but, heinous, I think, was the word I used before. Yeah. I, I held a deep hate for this episode in my memory. Yes. However, upon rewatch, that may have changed a little bit. So why don't we go ahead and get into this? Because, I mean, really, the first thought is, freaking Dracula? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. And really? I, love how, I love how that's how Xander refers to him. Freaking Dracula. <laughs> because I'm sure that's what one of them said at the table read when they told him that's how they were starting the year. I admit uh, yeah. that I didn't hold this in high regard, but watching it this time, and I think because watching it almost immediately after we finished recording season four, I have a whole new respect for what they're trying to do here. Because right, <laughs> off the, right off the gate, the show looks so much better. I don't know what they changed in the art direction or what, but the show looks amazing. It looks really good again. And maybe it's because we're getting back to stuff that seems to be quintessential Buffy. Her running through the graveyard staking a vamp. That seems tried at this point, right? But gosh, it's been so long since we've seen her actually do that that it was a welcome return. That and you got the comfort of Joyce's house again, which we, we really didn't get a lot of in season four. It was a lot at the school and a lot in the initiative. In season five now, we have Joyce's home which is, it's comforting to go back there. Uh, it just, you know, feels better it looks better. It feels better. It's just like, oh, we can take what happened in season four and just, you know, wash it away. 
take the it, few nuggets that we need and wash it away. Exactly. And back to your original point, Dracula. You know, I guess it was time, right? I mean, we've done the Frankenstein myth multiple times. We've done the wolf myth multiple times. We've had every other vampire. Why not Dracula? You know, uh, and, it, and I want to ask you that. Why not Dracula? Are we going to bring Nosferatu 2 in now, too, or what? I mean, <laughs> seriously, did we have to bring other vampire lore into this of Dracula? And, you know, at least they did something right in making it, you know, oh, man, I thought you were a myth, but here you are, the real, actual Dracula, and they kind of played it that way. So that was a good thing. But, yeah, yeah, and the I fact that he's heard of her and that kind of blows Buffy away, too. You know, that whole bit where she if she can still be stunned about being a slayer and people knowing that, that the only kind of people you can introduce are these mythical type creatures. Right. And right. I'll tell you, Brian, here, here was my my memory. Seeing this the first time I saw it back when it aired in the year 2000, I was watching the show and I thought, Dracula. Really? But the way it all ends with her staking him and he keep coming back and stuff, I thought, man, is Dracula going to be like the big bad of season five? Because if so, that's going to be really cheesy. But, you know, thankfully Thank they don't go God there. God, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh. that would have been bad. But, I'm I, again, on rewatch of this, I liked a lot more of it than I thought I did. I think I just rejected it on the, the sheer notion of, Oh, this seems lazy. You know, just the idea on paper sounds ridiculous. But the way they go about pulling it all off, makes it work more than it probably should. Yeah, and I agree. I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the goodness of this episode, the, the fun of this episode, really is in the other storylines going on. The Dracula is, I mean, it's kind of lame. I mean, I won't, won't deny that. But it's kind of good in all the other stuff going on. Giles's conflicting feelings about what he has left to give to the group um, and having that come full circle at the end here. I think that was a key piece of this episode here. And then, of course, introducing Don was a huge part of this episode, too. So I think all of that kind of well. made it better. Plus, you know, Xander is kind of having to deal with the fact that he's kind of like the loser of the group at least he was last year and they're kind of bringing that into play well they're, they're picking up where a lot of this left off and i like that i like the fact that riley is trying to come to terms with just being a, a boy just a boyfriend you know for buffy and you've got giles's whole bit you've got willow and tara who are still together and you know they get some good lines here i think willow gets the great line or not Willow. tara gets the great line to willow like you thought dracula was sexy you know there's that whole bit going on but i like that really the focus of this episode is buffy giles and xander and they're the ones this is all about and sort of the next level of their evolution that needs to take place and particularly xander i mean it's time for him to get a life and kind of move on and and that whole statement at the end of the episode where he says i'm, I'm done with all this being the butt monkey and all this kind of stuff you blow that off as like yeah sure xander but as we'll see soon enough that's pretty true and i'm glad that they started to move all that forward the yeah. fact that they use dracula as the impetus for all of these things to happen is it, it could be lamer than it is but as it as working as the MacGuffin, I actually look at this and think it's slightly brilliant. Yeah, I agree. I think that they did a good job doing all this stuff, and and, and it's about time that we kind of got Xander out of that muck because that whole season four, he was just kind of lost. He had a relationship with Anya that we were kind of starting to explore, but even still, he just was lost in almost every episode. It's nice to have him say, "Hey, look, I'm not going to be." 
lost anymore. I get, you know, metaphorically, I'm not going to be lost in this episodes anymore. I'm going to come out and I'm going to be part of this team once again, because he was a big part of the team in seasons one, two, and three. You know, he wasn't magical or anything like that, but he was a big part of the team. And then four, he just was kind of there. And so it's nice to, yeah. to have him just say, this isn't going to be that way anymore. And I like that. Now, we learned a couple things here. Jay, you mentioned, you know, Tara's reaction to Willow and Dracula. Does this kind of mean that Tara has a thing for older guys? Because she kind of thought Giles was pretty hot when he was playing that guitar last night. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm not going to read those tea leaves beyond what they are. I think, I honestly knowing what I know about the show and how this thing is put together and stuff, that's probably the only person they could give that line to and it work. It's really all in the way she delivers it that makes that line work. That could have been stupid if somebody else had said it. If Anya said that, it would be dumb. But it, Tara saying it, it, and because of the relationship she's in with Willow and stuff, gives that a little bit more humor and a little lift. And it's one of the things in the episode that I think we should say, this episode could be really dark, because it is all about the darkness. You know, the darkness of the Slayer. We're going to re-explore that theme, and Dracula brings that up. I like all that, but it's all played really light. Like, there's a lot of humor in this. And I appreciate that, that they're they're getting back to humor that works on this show because so much of last season, it felt really drab. You know, there just wasn't the funny, like, unless it was really forced and over the top. This seems much more like the pacing I'm used to. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's the fact that Joss took a little more time into this season where he was kind of working on Angel more or less in season four. Uh, and maybe that was one of the things, but I agree. This has definitely got much better, lighter humor, the the Buffy humor that we're used to having. And so, uh, yeah, it's nice to have that back as well. It's just such an improvement from season four off the bat. It's, it doesn't even compare. Let's talk about that darkness of the Slayer bit. You know, we've explored that option several different ways on this show and stuff, but what do you make of that the, that whole part of this episode? That I did that Dracula is there essentially to turn her over to his side because she doesn't understand that part of the magic that creates her as the Slayer is dark. It's not all pure white light stuff. You know, what do you make of that? I think it's a good way to look at things. I mean, there's always yin and yang, right? You got your dark and your and your 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 light of things, and to have that be part of Buffy's nature, you have to almost to ha to for her to do what she does, she has to have a little bit of dark in her because it takes that kind of a an emotion to do the acts that she has to do. I mean, we're talking about potential people that she's known maybe demons now but she still knows them and she has to get rid of them that kind of stuff takes a person who has a little dark in them so i kind of like that they call it out there and and bring it to our attention a little more and i i like that dracula's feeding on it because it you've got to as a slayer be kind of torn inside uh, you know what i'm doing what i want to do you know that kind of thing so he's trying to play to her dark side to get her to stop maybe killing off the demons and help them take over i don't know i liked it yeah, it is a neat way of looking at it. I'm glad that they're addressing it in a more advanced way. You know, it's almost like planting seeds of doubt in her mind of which side is she going to be on, you know? They play with that it, some on the Angel Show, too. Which side of the apocalypse are you going to be on, you know? We know you're going to be on one or the other or be involved in it, but whose side are you on? And I like that, that Buffy is going to... What that's telling me is that Buffy is going to have to make some more really difficult choices this year that have to do with what it really means to be a slayer again. And I'm glad they're going back to that because they totally went away from it last year. 
Yeah, and it's about, you know, making the right choice. And do you have the wherewithal to make that right choice? And you can see it's kind of like a test. Can you choose the side that you're supposed to be on? And she does, and, and that's more of her character. How how That's why she's still here, you know, because she knows how to make the right decisions the right time. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, I mean, we need to talk about this whole sister business. It's only the last minute of the show, but it's, I mean, I, like I said, what? You know, that's exactly, every time I watch this, that's how that moment works. And I think it's, that's effective storytelling that they're laying out on us to leave us with that kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah, I loved it. I, I mean, I mean, the first time I watched it, I was like, really, do we have to do this? But watching the series over again has been great because you catch, like we mentioned last season, all these different things to hang on to because they were keys and they were like little hints of what was to come in the future of the series. And you see those now as you rewatch this show, all these different hints, especially in that last episode of season five with Tara kind of hinting towards Dawn here. Or season See, four, especially in that last episode of season four with Tara really hinting a lot in that episode of Dawn, who she is, what's, what's coming, sister, you know, all these different hints. And then to finally have it come out, it's it's kind of intriguing. And you're wondering, well, if Buffy has a sister, where did she come from? How did we not know about this before? and all that kind of stuff. So it's really intriguing to kind of get that little hanger at the end. Because you really were, the first time you watch this, kind of like, excuse me? <laughs> what just happened here? And I like that. I, I remember talking to my friends that watched this show where we would sit around and discuss this stuff you know, after the episodes and all going, what, what is that going to be about? What is all that? And it's only un later, having seen it several times now, that I realized what that role is going to be and, and not even because of what Dawn really is. We'll learn about soon enough, but just why they put this in here and it makes so much sense. It's um, a part of the whole arc of the Slayer this time. It's also Buffy's arc of becoming more mature and they don't say it and they really, they say it in no way, but in my own head, I would have been fine, Brian, if they had decided at the end of Angel's first season that somehow or another, everything time worked for two or three years and we, we flash forward a little bit and now we're a little more advanced because everybody acts older now anyway. I mean, gosh, they look older and they act it too and this is all about maturity and kind of coming into your young adulthood that's where Buffy is as a person just as a human and as a slayer she's progressing I mean what is this her sixth seventh year of being a slayer that's a long time for a slayer to live and to have seen the things she's seen because she's on the hellmouth this whole bit about maturation and that they were going to give her something to be more responsible for besides the entire world you know what make what's more important than the entire world your own flesh and blood right yeah, and I, I think it's cool, too, because, you know, you're looking at these these kids are now sophomores in college. And you, if you look back at college, that first year right out of high school, you're always just goofing off. By the second year, you're starting to take things a little seriously because you probably didn't do as well as you should have in the first year. And now you're realizing that if you don't start doing good, you're going to be there a couple more years than you want to. So you kind of grow up, and it's kind of helping. Uh, that's why I think they act a little older. But besides, they've also been through a lot of crap together, right? So they've grown up based on the experiences that they've had to have, too. So it's 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 real cool to see them as a little bit more mature. And I like dropping Don into the picture to give that to her. And that'll come in much heavier later in this season, as we both know. Um, 
with Buffy having to really grow up on the spot. So I like the idea. I like where we're going and I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, at first, though, I will admit that I was kind of thrown by it and wondering what the heck we were doing here, you know, ruffling the feathers of the show. It is a change of things. It is a complete reimagining of the show. It's rebooting the series. I mean, we did that last season because we took it out of high school and went to college, right? And we didn't really repeat a lot of the same stuff. We tried to, but the whole metaphor was that it's never going to be the same. Well, now we're really making it never the same because we're recreating everybody's memory. It's the biggest retcon of all time is that now you retroactively change everybody's experience by adding in a character that, wasn't there but now was there and again they don't explain it yet so it it makes you want to watch it got me interested again i mean like i said the end of season four i was hacked you know by the end of that and that weird restless episode didn't give me anything to really hope for other than well maybe that's a better direction this one dracula not so much of a draw this whole thing at the end yeah very much the draw so i guess we need to talk about this and let's talk about buffy here for a little bit brian and the how did you like the way she interacts with dracula and ultimately sort of comes under his spell and all that stuff honestly i thought it was really lame (laughs) i didn't like that all the girls went goo goo gaga for this dracula i mean to me it made no sense and i get the romantic history of the vampire and all that stuff but I just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of stupid. And like I said, the Dracula story of the whole thing was the lame part of everything. I had more fun with everything else. But yeah, I I just wasn't into it. I didn't dig it. I didn't like how Willow reacted. I didn't like how really any of them reacted, except for Anya, who was kind of like, meh, oh yeah, I know Dracula. We hung out a few times. See, I liked it, though, and I'll tell you why. Because that's part of the Dracula mythos, is that he has this overpowering sense of real mysticism and sensuality that he can just you know women just swoon after him it, partially due to magic but partially because he's supposedly the ultimate charismatic he's just there's something that they can't deny about him even women whose preference may not go his way you know willow and tara particularly willow right she supposedly left all that behind now it's still there so i like the fact that they held on to that from all the dracula myth i mean there's a lot you can pull from from the dracula myth but i kind of dug that that he would be this amazing vampire that would make everybody struggle with their identity for at least for a part of this episode. And I think that's sort of the theme for the season is establishing identity. And I like that they use him to do it. I I totally got it. I I totally dug the way all the women reacted to him and the way Buffy did. And then ultimately how she really outsmarted him. She just went along with it and then, you know, sprung the trap when the time was right. Yeah, and and as a side note, I think we can really assume, as far as Willow is concerned, that she's probably a bisexual and not a full-on lesbian. So the fact that she might have a little feelings here and there for another guy doesn't, it shouldn't shock anyone, I don't think, because she had feelings still for Oz when he came back, right? So I think it's more of that angle. Anyway. But besides that, um, you know, you make some good points and, and all that. But to, to me, it was just, it was the lame part of the episode. And I just didn't think it was any fun. The best part of this episode for me was, was when they were out looking for Buffy. And it's Riley and Giles. And Riley makes the statement, you know, I've lived in Sunnydale for a few years now. And you know what I've never noticed? A castle. 
And I thought that was just awesome. That was yeah. my favorite line of the whole whole episode. <laughs> yeah, it, it is remarking on oh how convenient that now we have that too. You know, so, because that does happen, right? We we said, how did the heck did the college get there if we never saw it? You know, is it that far away? I thought right. Sunnydale was a small town. Exactly. And I, I think that's the this show's winking at the audience. That, yeah, we know, we know. You never saw the castle. So what? It's here. Just, just go with it. You know, and I think that's part of the whole Whedon-esque thing anyway. That's what he's all about is some things that you just got to go with it. Just go with it. You know, it'll work. And they don't spend a lot of time lingering on it, but it is funny that, that that he calls that out. You're right. Riley gets some good comedy in this, too. I think that's one thing Mark Lucas has really grown into is how to deliver those deadpan lines. And uh, he's he's a good foil in a lot of the episode. Um, I love how he and Giles get trapped in the house, you know, both going after Buffy and how they dispatch with Giles. Of course, his fantasy as a middle-aged yes. man is to have three <laughs> hot women just pawing all over him. So we know Giles has also got a little, uh, you know, freaky in the back of his mind. Oh, that was great, especially when, when Riley finds him and he's like, yes, please save me from this horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I was just about to uh, beat those demon winches <laughs> yes, into the earth. Yeah, I so love good. that. that because they both know, my, but it's, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My favorite, though, is Xander in this episode because he gets put under the thrall. The thrall. Uh, the that, thrall. that always <laughs> miffed me, too, but the thrall of, of Dracula. And he's he keeps inadvertently calling him the dark master oh, oh i love that whole great. bit it's like like any of that's gonna do any good against the dark master <laughs> right like, what oh nothing right. nothing so <laughs> he was great in this episode just that just that comedic there and, and of course eating the bugs and stuff oh it was kind of gross but uh i mean yeah he turns into renfield that's the whole bit he turns into the renfield character which i i love because he plays that he's that character anyway so he's just him being that again and again it's it's finally given Nick Brendan some things to do that are that don't feel like we've done it a hundred times. You know, I mean, he's been the butt monkey of things many times, but this is really funny, and it's a good one to kind of end all that on. Yeah, I agree. I, I really enjoyed uh, Xander in this episode a lot, and, and I think you know the comedy in this one was really, like we mentioned earlier, was just so well done that you you couldn't help but enjoy the episode. You know, I. I don't know why we look so down on this, uh, you know, coming into it, but I really enjoyed watching it. So I thought it was just real fun. I agree, man. I mean, I I think it was a lot of fun ultimately. And then one last thing I want to talk about though is the resolve of this. What did you make of the fact that Buffy stakes him and, he, and Dracula keeps coming back? It's almost like she can't kill him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was fun and clever that they did that, but it was kind of like, well, if that. What what is the rules? How does he all of a sudden get the ability to survive a staking to the heart? You know, how do we set that precedence, and will hey, anyone I'll, else I'll get that in the future? I'll tell you why, because he's freaking Dracula, wow. <laughs> and that's exactly how they explain it. Really, they don't explain it, and I think they lay it off on the fact that he is the most famous vampire of all time. Supposedly, he'd be the most powerful one and maybe have the advanced way to be able to regenerate. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, and I, it's kind of odd, but I like that she's like, really, I'm standing right here, and then he finally disappears forever, after staying him, what, three times? Yeah, she gets him twice, and he's a reappearing for the third, and she's like, I'm still here, moron, you know, and he finally's like, okay, that's it, so, and he smokes away, and then the castle goes away too, I guess, so. Well, you know, it has to disappear from Sunnydale, because it wasn't there in the first place, right? 
Maybe it was all an illusion to begin with. Maybe that was Could Angel's be. old digs. I don't know. So yeah. I, I mean, honestly, that's what I thought. Every time I've seen this, up until hearing that line from Riley this time, I've always felt like, oh, yeah, you know, this is uh, Angel's old digs because it sure enough looks like it. So um, yeah, I don't know. It could have uh, very well been, but no, yeah. Yeah, yeah very interesting. So, well, Brian, I think we're at the part of the podcast where we give our dustings rating for the episode. So what is your dustings rating for Season 1, Episode 5, Buffy versus Dracula? Well, you know, like I said, I was surprised watching this over again because like we talked about, we thought this was just going to be a terrible episode and we were couldn't wait to get through it so that we could move on to the real guts of the season that's going to be just awesome. But I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of laughs at it. Um, I thought that the whole dilemma with Giles was done so well. And I love that at the end when Buffy went to him and basically told him that she needed him to be her watcher again. And just the gleam in his eyes and saying, I was like, finally, Giles is going to be used again. Because again, in season four, he was just there a couple times here and there for some research and crap. But otherwise, had really no place in the group anymore. We're bringing the group back together. So because of that, I give this episode a three dustings. I thought it was just fun and entertaining. I also had bad memories of this, but having watched it, I just think it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's not the greatest season opener that they've ever done not even close but it's really good and it's so much more satisfying not only in the end but just the way that it carries out it it could take itself too seriously and that would have been a mistake the fact that they play so much humor with this makes this a fun one to watch and i happen to like it now i've changed my opinion on it uh, having watched it for this podcast so i'm gonna give it three dustings too it's a strong three for me and i really uh, really dig it and i am very intrigued to see where they go from here with this whole dawn character and everything else for season five Folks, thank you for joining us in this latest episode of our Season 5 Reviews for The Art of Slaying. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. You can also find links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, as well as links to our movie review podcast, Filmstrip. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Slaying. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Grr, arg. <laughs>